you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And of course, on today's episode, we got to talk about the ninth-ranked Georgia Bulldogs taking on your 25th-ranked Missouri Tigers in football on Saturday. Also want to talk just quickly about the Missouri Liberty basketball game happening tonight and also, well, a certain Missouri football coach Got a really big honor this week, somebody I've been praising quite a bit in this space, so you know what? I feel pretty good about the honor for this young man. But first, you know what? Again, we got to talk football, and to me, here's what I'm thinking about this game. Actually, did an appearance recently on the South of the Line podcast, and the host of that podcast, actually a Mizzou student, Austin Wright, asked me about the point spread. I believe it's 13 right now, Georgia giving the 13 points, Missouri obviously the underdog. To me, i got to be honest, I think on November 14th, when this game was originally scheduled, one week after the cocktail party game, Florida and Georgia, at that moment, I did a podcast asking if Missouri had a chance that week. And to me, the answer was yes. And don't get me wrong, I still think Missouri has a shot this Saturday. But to me, the window to have a really, really, really good chance against Georgia has now passed. Because here's the thing. I think most of us saw that Alabama-Georgia game earlier in the season, right? Well, certainly in the first half, to me it was obvious that the talent gap between those particular teams wasn't much. Maybe Alabama, you could argue they have a little bit more talent. Fine. But the quarterback position, that's the big difference. Mac Jones was just on another level than Stetson Bennett. It's just not even close. And then in the Florida game when Stetson Bennett ends up with a banged-up shoulder, well, they had to go to an even lesser option in Dewan Mathis. And to me, Mathis looked so utterly unprepared and unready for that spot. And frankly, I went back and watched some more of Mathis, and I just didn't see it for him. And and to the point where, to me, if Mathis was starting this football game and JT Daniels were not ready yet, I would have almost favored Missouri. Like, that's how big of a difference I think there is between Dewan Mathis and now who is going to be the Georgia starting quarterback this Saturday, and for the for their past two games, and that is JT Daniels. And I decided to take a closer look at Daniels and his play because obviously the quarterback position for Georgia, as it is for everyone, is beyond important. So I went back a couple weeks, took in the Mississippi State game, which ended up being a, a fairly surprisingly close Georgia victory because frankly last week's game against South Carolina Daniels didn't even really have to throw the football South Carolina is just they've packed it in for the season let's be honest that was not a competitive football game so let's see a game that is competitive and here's what I saw out of Daniels a kid who had not started 
since the 2019 opener for Southern Cal where he tore his ACL in that game and hadn't started since a couple weeks ago. And what I saw from Daniels, well, I ended up being pretty impressed because he's definitely got a good arm, even though he, he got away with an interception probably on his third throw against Mississippi State. I'll attribute that to nerves maybe more than anything because as the game went along, it was pretty apparent that Daniels is, an, is a rather good pocket passer, especially a college pocket passer. He's accurate, and he throws a good deep ball. Now, the first few first couple possessions, I thought Georgia looked fairly conservative offensively with a bunch of dinks and some dunks. One deep ball he did throw was, was underthrown, but drew a pass interference call. But once Daniel set in, I thought his decision-making and his accuracy, both short, medium, down the field, it was all really impressive. But the one thing where you might be able to get Daniels is if Missouri can somehow generate some pressure on the quarterback, he is decidedly a pocket passer. I didn't even see him attempt to scramble in any of the, I don't know, 50-some-odd snaps that I saw him play in that game. Frankly, I think that's the style of player that he is, but also clearly the guy is still working back from a knee injury to some extent. Now, he may be 100% cleared by the medical staff, but also that didn't happen at the beginning of this season. There's a reason for that. He's clearly, from what I've seen, their best option at the quarterback position, but yet health-wise, it took him two and a half months into the season to get ready. So what that tells me is he's still not 100% on that, at least mentally. It tells me that he, it probably is still in the back of his mind that he doesn't necessarily want to get hit. Now, Mississippi State didn't put a ton of pressure on him. They hit him a couple times. But to me, the fact that Georgia was so conservative in that subsequent game against South Carolina, that tells me that they're still a little bit worried about his health. And again, just no... No even attempt to scramble, not even much of an inside pocket presence where you're seeing him buy time within the pocket. I just think if there's any way that Missouri, if Missouri doesn't get past rush on Georgia, they're basically screwed. That's the way I would look at it. But I will say, on the other side of the offensive coin, the Georgia run game left a lot to be desired in that game, and I want to talk about how Missouri can possibly exploit that potential weakness, but first a word from my friends at Coors Light. And Coors Light is wondering, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? Because these days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle 24-7. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and expectations. These people expect you to be on 100% of the time. Well, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off your brain and hit reset. So just know that when that moment comes, Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 
And of course, what would a episode of Locked On Mizzou be without a read from Built Bar? And the great thing about Built Bar is these six new flavors make this thing even more delicious than it was before. Because on top of those 12 original flavors like coconut, mint brownie, peanut butter, oh, they've got some fancy new stuff like cookies and cream and carrot cake. These bars taste great, they're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. And even better, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. By the way, the weather could very well be a factor in this football game. Looking like 30s, 40 degrees, possibly rainy as well. Ugh, that sounds pretty rough. We've, had, we've been lucky with weather this season, but it looks like our luck may be coming to end in Columbia on Saturday. Between, well, what is a matchup again between the ninth-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, 25th-ranked Missouri Tigers, only one other matchup between ranked teams on Saturday, and that's North Carolina and Miami, Florida. So certainly an opportunity for Missouri to have a signature win here, possibly in front of a few many, a few more eyeballs than usual for an 11 a.m. kickoff on the SEC network. And you know what? If by some chance the weather affects the passing games of both teams, well, you're looking at a possibly really low-scoring game because while the Georgia defense overall is a really, really good unit, perhaps the secondary is its weakness if there is one on this team. Maybe a little bit too easy to dink and dunk them with short passes at times. At least that's what I'm hearing from the people I talk to in the Georgia fan base. Their tendency is to drop seven or eight guys into zone coverage a lot, so maybe possibly Connor Bazelak will have his way when they spread the defense out. Maybe we'll be able to pick up five, ten yards of play. But again, keeping sustained drives, long play drives alive against Georgia will be a challenge because that run defense is really, really stout. Honestly, again, just about everybody is in this league is vulnerable to Tyler Beatty, if you're a linebacker trying to cover him on a wheel route, good luck. But if Missouri ever can catch Georgia in a man-to-man situation, look for Tyler Beatty to maybe hit a big play or two in this football game. But then on the other hand, if Georgia is maybe forced to run the ball a little bit more, their running game was frankly terrible against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Again, JT Daniels, his first start in over a year, throws for 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. But as impressive as that line was, the Georgia rushing game, well, their leading rusher, 11 yards, I'm sorry, 11 carries for 21 yards. And no other runner broke double digits on the ground. Wow, that is just horrendous. And in fact, Georgia, if you include JT Daniels, three sacks for a negative 21, actually only rushed for eight yards on the game. I'd be curious to know where that number ranks all time for the Bulldogs. Now, again, when it comes to the Georgia passing game, which is certainly going to be a challenge for this defense, 
the Tigers are African, will also have to do it without cornerback Jarvis Ware. He's definitely going to be out, sustained what Coach Drinkwitz called a pretty significant injury in the Arkansas game. So he's going to get a second opinion after this week, but didn't even say what the injury was. I know Jarvis went down pretty early in week one with a knee injury and has missed time with that. Struggled with it all year. So best wishes to him for sure. And finally, just offensively for Missouri, while I think Connor Bazelak and the rest of the team, they'll probably be able to have their moments in the passing game. I just don't think it's going to work without balance. So to me, the big thing to watch, will will Missouri be able to run the football? Especially their signature outside zone to the right play. And especially to the right side of the of the offensive line, because that's where the strength is, especially in this running game. Listen, you run between the tackles when you've got when your best players are there. But guess what? When you've got Larry Borum at right tackle, well, suddenly outside zone starts making a lot more sense. And Missouri is just crushing has been crushing people the last couple weeks with that particular play. So will Larry Borum Will Case Cook at right guard, Michael Maietti at center, maybe throw in Daniel Parker Jr. in at fullback, H-back, tight end, those big fellas. If they're able to consistently get four or five yards a pop, well, Missouri has a chance. That's really something to watch there to me for sure because I don't think for as much as I love Basilak and how the, the Missouri receivers played last week, I just don't think that an unbalanced game is going to be enough against the Bulldogs. And with that said, I've given Missouri offensive line coach Marcus Johnson praise in this space multiple times this season. And, well, I got a bit of confirmation for my love from Marcus Johnson, and I'll tell you all about that after these quick messages. Well, there are 56 coaches selected recently as Broyles Award nominees and the Broyles Award handed out each year to the best assistant coach in the nation and well nominated for that award is indeed Marcus Johnson the Missouri offensive line coach so you know it couldn't be more obvious to me that he's done a great job this season considering the circumstances he was handed with and the results that Missouri's gotten from that unit so just good to see that What's to me just an excellent job by Marcus Johnson is being is being recognized nationally as well. So congratulations to him. And it's been an award-heavy type week for the Missouri Tigers, both the football and basketball teams. Mark Smith named the SEC Player of the Week, and, well, Conzo Martin, the ESPN National Coach of the Week as well. So some impressive stuff there. People noticing Missouri off to an excellent start here. And, well, certainly if we want to keep that start going, moving to 4-0 against Liberty would definitely be a good way to go. Now, just to give you some context here, I'm not going to give you the giant Liberty deep dive because, quite frankly, this is a, a Ken Palm team that is maybe just outside the top 100 right now. So let's say if Missouri were to lose this basketball game, it wouldn't be the absolute travesty that last season's loss was to gosh I don't even remember who Missouri lost to in late December now you'll you'll just have to forgive me because I don't feel like looking it up but the point is 
while Liberty isn't that terrible of a caliber opponent, if Missouri is the top 25 caliber surefire NCAA tournament team that I'm now starting to think that they are, well, this is a game that they should win without too much difficulty. Say they win by 15 points or so, that's a good result. One thing to keep in mind, while Missouri, I've definitely, and many other people, have enjoyed the pace with which Missouri's offense has played so far, you're not going to really notice it in the statistics through three games because, well, two of Missouri's last opponents, Wichita and Oregon, both play really, really, really slow-style games. And in spite of that fact, Missouri still did well offensively in those ball games. But the point is, is Liberty has a former Virginia assistant coach as their current head coach. And as you might imagine, that means the Flames are going to play really, 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 really slowly. So if it just so happens that this is a somewhat of a lower scoring game than you might expect, don't, my point is don't concentrate on the amount, of actual, the amount of actual possessions in this game. Concentrate on if Missouri gets into its offense quickly run selectively and how effectively it does score in the fast break. But just to give you an idea of how good Liberty can potentially be when they're efficient in their slow it down game, well, a couple weeks ago, Liberty took down Frank Martin and the South Carolina Gamecocks 78-62. to So certainly a victory is not assured by any means, but I'm definitely feeling pretty good about one tonight. I think this team is just locked in and has enough enough there that they can withstand any kind of upset bid tonight. So I think Missouri wins relatively easily. And finally, just a few more Missouri injury news and other notes to get to quickly. Unfortunately for the Tigers, and well, maybe fortunately for him, the person, I don't know. But Trey Williams has, well... I wanted to say opted out, but I guess that's the wrong phrasing because Eli Drinkwood said it wasn't an opt-out. In fact, Trey Williams, as it was said, again, outside linebacker playing that buck position for the Tigers opposite of Trey John Jeffcoat for most of the season. Well, Trey, the former Rockbridge product, is now pursuing opportunities outside of football instead of playing these last two games in a potential bowl. Now, certainly, I wish Trey well, and, you know, Eli Drinkwitz had no hard feelings, was wishing him nothing but love and best wishes wishes as well. But, wow, just really curious and odd timing for a fairly important defender, certainly a starter on the Missouri defense, just to fly the coop. I don't know. Must have been a heck of an op, uh, must have uh, gotten offered a heck of an internship. I don't really know what to say about all that. So, frankly, I won't say any more because I don't have any information. But on the other side, more injury questions for Missouri coming in. Kobe Whiteside returned to that Missouri defensive line last week, but left the game with an injury against Arkansas, and he's questionable once again. Also, Toski Dove, who got a little banged up, has a shoulder problem. He's also unofficially questionable. And finally, well, some good news. Grant McKinnis, as I had wondered, had speculated that he might. Grant McKinnis, Missouri punter, is going to return 
for another season at Missouri, going to take advantage of the free season that is 2020 in terms of eligibility. So good for Grant, frankly, good for Missouri, and I think it should be good for his possible pro prospects. Just give another year of development, another year of tape to put out there for the NFL. Makes a lot of sense to me. And speaking of Kobe Whiteside, it sounds like there's a chance he might come back as well considering his shortened injury, his injury-shortened campaign this year. And finally, Eli Drinkwitz pushing really hard in the press for Missouri center Michael Maietti to come back. Again, Maietti should have just been here for one year under your normal rules, but hey, it's a free year. Maybe we can get the Rutgers graduate transfer back again. Obviously, Eli really respects him as a football player. And you know what? Thank you all for respecting me as a host and central scrutinizer of Missouri football and basketball because I certainly enjoy doing this every single time we heat up the microphone. So I'll see you guys on Thursday with a recap of this latest Missouri basketball game and surely a little bit more football as well. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.